1: This is Brian Lair's Daily Politics Podcast from WNYC Studios. It's Friday, June 30th. I'm Matt Katz, reporter in the WNYC newsroom, and I'm filling in for Brian today. The justices on the Supreme Court issued opinions in the last cases from their term, and their July travel plans will now not be interrupted. As you've heard, the court ruled that creating a website for a same-sex wedding would violate the business owner's free speech rights. And the court struck down President Biden's student loan debt forgiveness program. Justices Sotomayor, Kagan, and Jackson dissented from both. Now, we're joined one more time by our June court watcher, Ellie Mistal, the justice correspondent for the nation and host of their podcast, Contempt of Court with Ellie Mistal, and the author of Allow Me to Retort, a Black Guy's Guide to the Constitution, now in paperback. Hi, Ellie. Welcome back. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm hanging in. I'm curious to hear about this. I've been on the air, so I'm not caught up. The first opinion this morning was in 303 Creative Verse This is a a case where a woman sued because she wanted to start building websites for weddings, but she said her religious beliefs prevented her from doing so because she didn't want to be forced to do business with same-sex couples because that would violate her free speech rights. So the court sided with her. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Neil Gorsuch and the six conservatives on the Supreme Court are basically trying to make Plessy v. Ferguson great again. Um, The decision in the 303 creative case um, flies in the face of public uh, accommodation laws um, that civil rights activists and leaders... Um, and people in this country have fought, bled, and died for. And Neil Gorsuch basically throws out those public accommodation laws so long as the person refusing to make a public accommodation can say that they are practicing their free speech and practicing a deeply held religious belief, right? So if you can say that you have a deeply held religious belief that Black people shouldn't be served at your lunch counter, that's what this decision ultimately leads to in the instant case it's about this woman as you pointed out who wants to make a website she doesn't actually have a website so there's a whole different kind of legal technicality issue that the court shouldn't have heard this case at all because nothing has happened yet this is a woman who prospectively is asking permission Hmm. to discriminate against the lgbtq community um but the, the the gorsuch um as he's done actually in the past kind of makes up a case that would be uh, possible for the Supreme Court to hear and then rules in favor of the bigot.
1: That's that's what happened. You you brought up Plessy v. Ferguson, which involves involve segregation, racial segregation. Does this put LGBT people on a different plane than black people as a protective class in America, or does it potentially threaten the pro- – Protected class of black people in America. W- what is the connection there? It's more the latter, right? Like if
0: you can say, "Look, you got to remember," the segregationists always said that they had some deeply held belief, some deep reason for why they didn't have to serve um, non-white folks, right? Like that's they they always have an argument there. And post the nineteen sixties, the courts have rejected those arguments. But here, in the LGBTQ case, um, the argument is that because this woman doesn't want to serve same-sex couples, she is allowed to close off her public business. And I want to make the distinction really clear here. Nobody, there. I am not saying there is no argument to say um, that a person who does not believe in gay rights has to use their free speech to support gay rights, right? Like if if you're a columnist for the National Review, nobody's going to force you to write, hey, I actually think gay people are cool because you obviously don't think that. Nobody's going to force you to do that, right? Mm -hmm. But this is a person who has a public-facing business, right? This is a person who is taking in apocryphal, again, because she doesn't actually have it. She thinks about having it. This is a person who wants to be able to take in people who come in off the street. Well, that's a public business, right? And so what she's arguing, I mean, think about it this way. If you want to uh, uh, have this woman's services and you pay her money, she can just look at your money and say, no, your gay money isn't good here, which, which is unconstitutional, which flies in the face of the 14th Amendment. And I just wanna make the point that you gotta also think about this case in the context of yesterday's case Um, overturning affirmative action. What the Supreme Court is saying with a straight face is that the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause does not allow universities to take take into consideration race and college admissions, but it does allow bigoted website designers to uh, um,
1: um, uh, 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 Take uh, take into account To discriminate,
0: it does does allow bigoted website designers to discriminate against LGBTQ people who come into their store. That that is the law, according to the conservatives on the Supreme Court, and they're just they're just wrong, and they're motivated by wrong reasons.
1: Can you help reconcile this decision with the Masterpiece Cake case from a couple of years ago that seemed to come from a to, to a different opinion, like how is this website design situation different from the wedding cake design well, remember, situation?
0: Well, remember, legally, Masterpiece Cake Shop was a punt, right? This is the case where the baker, the bigoted baker, didn't want to bake a cake for a gay couple. But the actual ruling in that was kind of a punt. They didn't say that. So call. this is also happening in Colorado, both the Masterpiece Cake Shop and 303 Creative, both out of the state of Colorado. Um, In Masterpiece Cake, the Colorado uh, uh, Anti-Discrimination Board said uh, you are discriminating against LGBTQ people. Uh, The ruling in Masterpiece Cake was, well, we're not sure if the Colorado Board used the right standard when it was deciding what real discrimination is. So that's a lot of legal jargony words to say, punts, to say we're kicking this case back down to the Colorado Board. In 303 Creative, They said, oh, the Colorado board isn't allowed to apply anti-discrimination law to apply normal secular anti-discrimination law to this bigot. That's the difference between Masterpiece Cake uh, uh, and 303 Creative. The court is preventing Colorado secular anti-discrimination law from applying because this woman says, oh, I really don't like gay people because Jesus told me not to.
1: Let's uh, check out the phone lines, Ellie. Aura uh, in Brooklyn. Hi there. Thanks for calling in.
0: Hi, I'm calling merely to say, as we, I am a black woman who is retired, but I am calling to say that there are three branches of government. When we get these bigoted decisions from the Supreme Court, those of us who believe in justice and equality and rightness ought to be prepared to go to our Congress and the executive branch to change it. That is what checks and balances mean. Thank you. Well, you know, I agree with that in theory. I agree with that on paper, but let's go to the next case to see what this court does when the executive branch and Congress acts, right? Like even when we have laws on the books that protect our rights or protect policies that we agree, we agree with, the six conservatives on the court strike those policies down. So really what I would argue is that if you wanna go to your congressmen and senators and you by all means should, the question is not pass new legislation because this Supreme Court doesn't care about legislation. The question is expand the court. Like, that's what we have to get the Congress people and the senators to get their heads behind, because if you don't expand the court, there is no liberal policy that this court will allow to exist for the rest of my natural life.
1: The second case you're talking about, of course, is the on student loan forgiveness the court unanimously decided the individuals didn't have standing or couldn't show they were harmed. So they sided with the states i guess at least missouri and essentially um throwing out uh, a uh, legislative policy no no so that's nope. two different okay. cases Thank the first
0: you. and and matt just i got this wrong on twitter actually in, in, in at first too so like it's. Okay, got it. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> i've been on the air i don't know what's going on okay yeah, go the ahead. first
0: case they kicked so there were two state challenges to biden's debt forgiveness relief uh plan right the first state challenge was kicked on what's called standing, basically saying the states didn't have the right to sue. But the second case, Biden v. Nebraska, which goes to whether or not he Biden was authorized to do it under the Heroes Act, the court ruled that the state of Missouri did have standing in a very convoluted and illogical ruling. Um, they ruled that Missouri did have standing. And then once they got to the quote, merits of the case, the meat of it, they said that Biden exceeded his authority um, under the HEROES Act to grant debt forgiveness. Um, this, they, they said that basically Biden exceeded the emergency powers um, inherent to the act. What I've been trying to point out is the hypocrisy of this decision, given what the court ruled previously in trump v hawaii that was the muslim ban case for those playing along at home right so if you remember the muslim ban case trump's argument was i'm the president i had i'm declaring a national emergency a fake national emergency um but he declares the fake national emergency and then he uses the fake national emergency to ban people based on their religion from entry into the country the court said that was okay The court said that was okay. That was a fine use of Trump's emergency powers. Biden, under the HEROES Act, is saying because of a real national emergency, the COVID-19 pandemic, I'm using the authority granted to me by the HEROES Act to forgive, um, you know, I think it was something like $400 uh, billion worth of student debts. And the court said, no, 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 that's an excess use of presidential authority. So as long as the court is being bigoted and discriminatory against people apparently presidential authority holds no bounds but the minute the court tries to help people no then the president has gone too far again that is the
1: ruling from
0: the robert's court
1: and, and so is is that it then no loan forgiveness and pu- public health emergency is over so payments resume pretty much <laughs> Uh, Joan has the the, the Republican
0: Supreme Court just took $10,000 away from everybody. Yes.
1: Joan in Manhattan has a question. Hi, Joan. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. Oh, hi. Yes. I
0: I just I just tuned in. So the answer is that the president cannot do this alone. And how can it be done? And was it six, three or how did it come down? It was six, three straight down partisan lines. Chief Justice Roberts wrote the majority opinion, again, in direct hypocritical contravention of his opinion in Trump v. Hawaii. There's even a line where 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 Roberts refers to Biden's uh, the pandemic is over statement. And he says, well, this shows that there's no real emergency powers, which is ludicrous because, again, in Trump v. Hawaii, when people were throwing... Um, Trump's tweets about his desire to ban Muslims back in Roberts' face, Robert said, oh, the president's statements on a campaign stop can't be taken literally. So again, the hypocrisy is just rife. But yes, the upshot is that Biden cannot do this under the authorization of Congress from the HEROES Act of 2003. Arguably, Congress could pass a different law that explicitly gives uh, the president the power um, to uh, 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 forgive student loans, but yet you know who's in charge of Congress right now, mm. um, so that is not likely to happen. So basically, the court just took money out of people's pockets.
1: Uh, what What are the implications here for future presidents? Future executive orders? Does this limit them? Is it what kind of precedent?
0: Well, again, the precedent here is that Republican presidents can do whatever they want, and Democratic presidents can't. There, there is no logical through line like i know people want there to be there's not the court is saying that when a republican president does it it's not illegal when a democratic president does it, it is illegal that that's the upshot here and there's nothing there's there's no artifice around that there's no like i can legalize it up the way that roberts tries to but the but the practical reality here is that when you ask me what's going to happen to the next president, Matt, I have to say, I what's the party of the next president? If the next president is Ron DeSantis, I'm sure the court will believe that Ron DeSantis, DeSantis has extreme executive emergency powers. If the next president is Kamala Harris, I'm sure the court is going to say that they can't. Like that, it's it's and it's as simple as that. You have to tell me the party affiliation of the president before I can tell you how this court is going to rule. Which you know is not how it's supposed to be, but spoiler alert, it's how it has been for at least the past twenty five years.
1: Robert in Brooklyn, you're on the air. Hi, Robert. Thanks for calling in. Hi, Matt.
0: Thank you for taking my call. Ellie, I I love you. I'm I'm just so angry right now in the past two days i don't know what else i listened to biden yesterday his speech and the way i heard him say that was he was not going to expand the court he's thinking that that, that he can wrangle the 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 uh conservatives, or if you want to call him that to to change their mind what what are we going to do with this? this this guy this whole thing is going to go out the window man last year this time The Supreme Court, six to three, along straight partisan lines, revoked reproductive rights for half the country. And Biden said, I'm not going to expand the court. If you're not going to expand the court, if you're not going to reform the court, if you're not going to do something to bring these six unelected law wizards to heel, when 50% of the population has had their rights stripped from them, untimely risk. If you're not going to do anything, then you're certainly not going to do anything to help kids struggling under debt, black people struggling to get into school, or gay people um trying to get married. It's as simple as that.
1: Before you go, Ellie, there's one other case. Uh, I know Brian didn't get into it yesterday. Groff v. DeJoy. Uh, the question was how much accommodation to a worker's religious beliefs an employer had to make. This was a unanimous opinion. The answer was some can you sum that up for us
0: so so the the case was a postal worker um he said he had a deeply held christian religious belief that he shouldn't have to work on sundays i don't know why you sign up to work for the post post office then but there you go he did and uh the, the the question was whether or not he could get a reasonable accommodation um to not work on sundays the court said Kinda. Right. So basically what the court did in a unanimous way is change the standard around what a reasonable accommodation is uh, before got before yesterday. Um, all you had, all the employer had to do was say that there was a de minimis harm to their normal secular business and then you couldn't get the accommodation. Uh, now, under Alito's ruling, that was, again, unanimous um, and for Alito. It was, I mean, given what Alito is capable of doing, it was a fairly reasonable version of Alito, um, not, still not one that I agree with, but, you know, it, it's, it, it wasn't, you know, bonkers, um, says that the business has to show more than a de minimis, has to show some kind of significant economic harm um, that would befall them if they gave out this religious accommodation. So the case could kind of could have been much worse. Um, um, especially when you understand that in front of this theocratic court, um, the guy, the, the Christian claiming a religious exemption was always going to win. Like they were always going to make him win. Mm -hmm. They made him win in a, in a more reasonable way. Um, certainly than they made the bigot win in the 303 creative case.
1: We got a few seconds left, Ellie, all told your take on this term, the Supreme court term.
0: Well, I think the people who spent last week kind of saying like, oh, the Supreme Court is actually much more moderate. Oh, Roberts, he's responding to public pressure. I think they have beclowned themselves. Mm. I think that as we see, again, in the important cases, in the big cases, it's 6-3, 6-3, 6-3. White guys win, Christians win, conservatives win all the time. That's what we see at the end of this term. That's most likely what we're going to see next year, too. I mean, I haven't fully looked at the docket yet, but, you yeah. know, we're going to get an abortion pill case next year. That's Thank going to you. be 6-3. You know, it's, it's, it's Mast- how these people are.
1: Ellie Mistal, court watcher extraordinaire, justice correspondent for the nation. Thank you so much, Ellie. Appreciate this. Thanks a lot, Matt.